0: If I told you you had a story needing to be heard, would you tell it? Better yet, if you knew your story could help someone else, would you share it? Today, my guest is Richard, and Richard is going to talk about overcoming several substances that he abused, and it seems to be something that is not uncommon, so I'm very much interested in hearing what he has to share and how he can inspire i am christine hatchkiss and i believe everyone has a story that is unique just like our fingerprint, that puts us on the path to our journey some call it purpose each story can help heal inspire and of course my one word give hope welcome richard Christine. I am so glad um, that we connected and it's funny how um, technology is connecting people in so many different ways uh, we connected on Instagram of all things I'm just actually fairly new to it and you reached out to me so thank you for doing that um, wow. so your journey you have been um, on a, a long journey but you're over 1500 days of sobriety and that is from one particular substance or multiple substances
1: yeah well first off i just want to say I, i'm super honored and grateful to be here christine i love what you're doing with with you know, sharing people's story because oh. everyone has a story to tell and, and i think uh the more stories we tell it the more stories we listen the more we can connect with each other and i just want to thank you for what you're doing it's incredible <clears throat>
0: Thank you. I wasn't expecting that. I'm very passionate about people and if I can walk the journey of having lost my daughter and I can still live my life as best as I can and inspire other people then I know that just like you, you're inspiring too. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's an amazing story you have as well. Thank you. So a little, I guess a little background about me is, yeah, it's been around 1,500 days around that range high of Mark's you know, the worst day of my life. That was the worst day of my life. It was, I, I can, you know, I can still remember it was like a very dark, raining day in, in Vancouver. That was where I was at. Mm-hmm. I was laying on the bathroom floor that I didn't clean for like six months. Wow. I had, a, I had a pipe in my hand and there was like stains everywhere and there was vomit. I just, you know, I just threw it up and it was just another day. I said I was going to quit. Just a, just another day. I said I said I was gonna quit uh, doing meth.
0: Okay.
1: And and by that point I've been doing meth for every single day for two years. Wow. And I was certain that I was gonna I was gonna die from an overdose. I I thought I was it. You know I felt I felt lonely and I felt like I could have done more. Right. And I was like, is this is it. You know, it's. I mean, if I died right here, right now. I knew no one would have found me for weeks just Mm. because I was lonely in the world and then no one was around me. I guess I I bet bet you weren't expecting to to hear that right away.
0: No, you actually have given me chills because... No one should ever feel alone, and I I have my own part of that, but I don't think there's anyone who has not felt that loneliness. And then when you talked about having vomit and stains, I'm visualizing, you know, a really bad area of your life, like you said, darkness, but you were by yourself, and it's almost like you knew what you were doing wasn't good, but then you also, in my mind, were thinking... You didn't think anyone cared, and that breaks my heart at the same time. So let me go back for a minute here as to, you said two years. What got you in it? Because math is a big deal all over the place. And you just mentioned you're in Canada, right?
1: I am, yeah.
0: So... What? Because I'm in the U.S. and I only know you know my environments and what we deal with here. So now I get to go into your country and your life. What got you started on it two years ago?
1: Yeah. So I I started. I pick up this. I, you can call it a bad habit. You can call it, I guess, addiction. I, I picked this up when I was actually because I grew up in Taiwan. Okay. And I pick it up when I was after I, I think I broke up with a girlfriend mm-hmm. and then and then I just I would, I would just hang out with I guess the bad crowd you mm-hmm. could say that like and they were smoking cigarettes I thought I was cool you know as a teenage guy you're like you know it's cool to 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 smoke mm-hmm. I started smoking cigarettes and then I guess after a while they they introduced me to meth and I was like, why not, you know, like, why not, when it's, it's fun, it's, you know, it, it's good. when I do it, when I try it. So, so that's, so that's when I, when I, when I was first introduced to it, I started doing it in Taiwan. I was, I never really got hooked, like hooked on it because, just because it was kind of hard to, to do in Taiwan. It's very risky. Oh. And um, my, I live at home, so it's, you know, it's hard to, to do it when, when your parents are around.
0: Right.
1: So. I managed to come off that when I was in Taiwan, I was doing it for a while and then we just got to a point I was like, it's too much hassle, I, I got off that. But then I went back to Vancouver, Like after I quit, I was, I, I went back to Vancouver for school. And oh. I was, let me tell you this, I, I was really excited, like I was, I was hyped
0: because
1: <laughs> it was a, it's like a new start, like new school, new environment, new life, right. new beginning of my life.
0: Right.
1: But. When I was there, I went back by myself, and I found drugs before mm. I found friends. Wow! And you know, the first day I had a plan. I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plan this out. I'm gonna use it for school. I'm gonna uh, plan out the portions of what I'm gonna use each day, and within a month, man, control my life. Within a month, it just took over.
0: What were you we going to school for?
1: I was I don't even that's that's a thing I don't even remember like some, some random degree I was you know, trying to, to get probably something like marketing
0: okay so did you finish school
1: nope so I you know I, I so the drug took over my life and basically I, I just I, I started lying to everyone lying to my parents I was telling that I was going to school but I I kind of dropped myself out of school just because so my day-to-day routine was I my day-to-day routine would be I wake up in the morning and I would just have an awful hangover I would just you know horrible hangover and then I would go into the bathroom and then I was really paranoid Uh just because that's what the drug does to you and I would you know cough to cover up the lighter sound while I'm smoking up and after I'm done with that, I would go off to have a cigarette, okay, and to, to kind of ease the anxiety of the drug. And uh, you yeah, know, I remember I still have I had like yellow finger stains from from smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. And wow, I was playing like online games every day. And you know, for 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 those of you that that don't know what what how long meth effect, that how long it lasts, it lasts about like six to twelve hours. And I. So by the end of the night, I couldn't sleep. So I would drink drink myself and, and pass out. So I would do that and repeat, repeat every single day. So, you know, I, I wasn't doing school. I,
0: I, so alcohol was a part of this too?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I had to, that, that was my only way to, to fall asleep.
0: Wow. Is to pass out, which explains in the very beginning when you talked about how there was vom- vomit in the in the bathroom. Um, I guess my question is if you didn't finish school you were there for the program and you were telling everyone that you were going to school this sounds like a very expensive habit how were you able to one, I, you talked about how you didn't go to school but I don't know how you hit it and then how you how you paid for it when you talked about also doing gaming
1: yeah, I was so my parents, they gave me money right to go to school tuition okay all of that and I you know I told them I was like you know I'm going to school this class I'm taking that but then you know in reality I, I used all that money to I guess pay for my my bad
0: habit yeah and
1: I they knew I think they knew something was wrong but they just didn't think it was that bad if that makes sense like they yeah
0: and so obviously because they're in another country further away they weren't exactly. there to visit you to know what you were or weren't doing okay
1: yeah. and and i think i was i guess i i guess i was kind sort of smart that I, <laughs> I i still you know we have some like family members there and then when they when they messaged me and said i would go hang out with them and 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 pretend like i'm i was okay i was doing fine and you know what i mean like i was I was smart around the, when, when, when I need to be smart, mm-hmm. I'll be
0: smart,
1: <laughs> Interesting. Just, just enough, just doing enough to hide it.
0: And then, so you did this for two years and did, were you working to be able to support your habit more than, I mean, you said that your parents gave you money, but that runs out, especially with this type of habit. Yeah,
1: no, I, I was not, I was not working. I just, they, uh, so, they just gave me tuition and i mean that was
0: and then off into your life you went yeah yeah. oh wow so and you're still in um canada are you back in school
1: yes i am i actually graduated i graduated you uh, did so
0: finally (laughs) how long did it take for you to um tell your family that you had a problem and that you weren't going to school?
1: I think not nah, only recently, honestly. I mean, I've been you know sober for a while and I never, honestly, I never really had the courage to share and I never really had the courage to come up with a story because- Shame, uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: shame, a lot
1: of shame and then, yeah, exactly. And honestly, I told my mom, when I went back to Taiwan, this past few months, that was the first time I told her.
0: And what was her reaction?
1: Oh, at first she was like, at first she felt like she failed as a mom.
0: I can relate. Mm -hmm. Yep,
1: yep. And I told her uh, I would not be here without that experience. Being where I am right now, where I'm going with my life, and then what I'm, you know, if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't be here with you on this call.
0: Absolutely. Sharing the story, and this story could, you know, a listener could hear
1: it and then change it, his, his or her entire life, and then he or her goes on to change another life, and then it just ripples out. Absolutely. But I'm grateful to have this part of my life, just because I know how powerful it could be down the road.
0: Can I ask how old you are? 20,
1: 24.
0: So my son is 25. Wow. Um, Yeah, so when you say that, um, wow. And he had a different journey of his life. He didn't go down drugs or anything like that. He just... Yeah, actually, the part when you had said with your mom feeling like she failed, that was the one thing I want to make sure I never did with my daughter passing away because he was only... He had just turned 11 the day before the accident happened, so he was just a kid. And so as a mom or even as a parent, it is it is one of those things we take pride in um and you've already gone through this at such a young age that um i just spoke to a lady yesterday at the airport who is 54 years old and she's going to be receiving her 10-year chip of sobriety with methamphetamine and hearing her story it's the same drug you guys are talking about but your lives were so different and the ages most definitely I'm thinking when we're an adult society expects us to conduct ourselves a certain way um, and know certain things and that is not the case and then you've got someone your age who's young and it could have it could have taken your life you already mentioned that in the very beginning and it didn't what what was the turning point when you opened up in this conversation about being in the bathroom and thinking that you will not be found. You had already in your mind you were planning it out. What was the actual turning point that you said enough is enough?
1: Yeah. So I you know that so I, I kinda of shared my, my routine for what I would do in the day for two years. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what I date what, mm-hmm. what I did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I you know, I barely ate, I never worked out and and uh, what, what, one thing I want to share is I remember I went to this. My, so the only person I talked to for two years was was a drug dealer. Like that's that's the person I actually like taught, talked I,
0: to. I was going to ask that. Okay, go ahead.
1: And that's why that's why no one would have found me. And I, you know, I remember I went to his his house and he he, he, he was also like a like a barber or something. He gave me a haircut. I saw a picture frame with his family in front of me and I was like, oh. Does your Does your family knows like what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And he said, "No, he will never let let his family know, and he will never, <gasps> let, never let his son touch meth." And here, there he was, wow.
0: like,
1: meth every day, and, and you know that that was really uh shocking to me. But I I still did it. So 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 back to where I was, like, like laying on floor, I was like I was like tripping up. but it it is. All of a sudden, was kind of like a someone knock on the door. Someone, someone whispered to me. It's like you know, Richard, do you you gotta wake up. You know, I was probably like tripping out. Okay. Someone was just like, you know, you gotta wake up. But you, what is it gonna be? You are you are you gonna die here or are you gonna quit? Mm-hmm. It was like a like a very, very um, sudden realization, and and that, that was a point. You know, when I smoke meth, I use a lot of pipes, so. I went into my drawer I took everything out I took all my pipes up oh. it was like a dark rainy day I went, went out to the back it was very dark I, I, I could barely see and I tossed everything on the floor and and I I, I I was about to break them you know but I could not I just couldn't wow. command my body to just step on the pipes I couldn't because I didn't want to quit
0: you did and but I you knew. didn't it was like you were fighting against exactly, yourself
1: exactly because <laughs> okay. I knew I knew once I do that there's no turning back. Right. And it really took all my, all my strength, all my inner power, everything for me to, to really lift my leg and just started stomping on the pipes. And once I started, I just started crying. You know, I started crying, I started stomping everything. I, I, I was there for a few minutes, just stomping and I could hear the pipes cracking. I could hear the glasses breaking, stomping on the pipes and releasing all my emotions for those two years. Wow. Wrapped it out, it was like a fog. Just like a fog lifted. It just lifted.
0: Like you released yourself from a pain that didn't need to be...
1: Exactly. Wow. When I I broke my pipes, I broke my addiction. I never seek help. I never touch it again.
0: Wow, that's pretty strong. Yeah. For a drug that was taking over you, you found... 10 times the strength within yourself to break it and then not to get and seek help. And you have had 1500 plus days of being sober. That's, that's amazing, Richard. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you. I think, you know, that's pretty inspiring. I've never had to deal with it. I, I know people who have, um, and I saw the destruction, not just on the families and the lives and themselves, but their their physical being, too. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so with not having that assistance that uh, some people go to clinics or they go to programs,
1: yeah. that's
0: amazing. So, the, go ahead.
1: The, the funny thing is I actually tried to seek help. Oh. Like I, I, so I, I remember... It was actually kind of insane. So I, I went online, you know, I found this help. I, I knew I needed help. Okay. I I knew I needed help. and But I was so scared and paranoid. Every time I went out, I thought people were watching me. I thought, you know, I thought my phone was tapped. I thought people were just peeking through the window looking at me all the time. I just, that was kind of what the drug was doing to me. So okay. you know, I found this therapist and I was going to go to her sober, but I couldn't. I had to get high to go to her. Oh, wow. You know, I got high, I went to her, and I was sitting on that chair, and there she was, you know, the person that that I could save my life. And I did not mention anything about my drug, anything. Okay. And I, you know, I walk out of there, went back to my habit, because I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't say it. I just had so much shame and guilt. Understood. In me, and I, in my head, I was like, oh, once I tell her, I'm like, She's gonna send me to jail and stuff like that. You know,
0: she's gonna judge you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different stuff that I was afraid of, and that's why I think I, I decided to, uh, to 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 uh, go with the path I, I took.
0: It's pretty remarkable, and I want to say to our listeners that if they know anyone who's going through this or they're going through it themselves, I don't suggest just cutting cold turkey like you have to actually to actually seek help um, and not to have shame because they're not the only ones who have gone through this or are going through this, and the only way that you're going to get through it is is to actually tell someone so that they can get you the proper help. It sounds like, Richard, with the, the different... Um, behaviors or the paranoid feelings that um I could see why someone would say oh they're gonna I'm gonna get put away and that's a scary thing too yeah wow that is pretty remarkable um so family is good now you've let it be known and and they're okay when with you having now graduated from school, which you initially went out there to do, and so I'm assuming you're doing very well with having achieved that goal that you got set back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now...
1: Always well. Say that again? Always well, always well.
0: So what... So your life is obviously seen with a clear pair of eyes. How does that feel?
1: Life is amazing i think life is uh, the best 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 thing that can ever happen to anyone life life itself just the fact that you were born and you're alive
0: yeah. on
1: this planet and in this moment that's all the purpose you need to live and that's all uh, when you can be grateful for that you are you know you're unstoppable you're alive <laughs>
0: Gratitude is my biggest thing. I have a jar jar at my front door I've had for several years with a pad of paper and I write in there um, every year. I start over every year because it's a new year and I always put in there what I'm grateful for and sometimes there's more than one or two or three that I put in there because I'm always saying and it really does help and, you know, we're all going to have something that happens to us. We're not... No one is excluded from blessings or from pain, but... There can be blessings as you have just shared through your pain. And I think that's pretty remarkable too. Thank you. Um, if anyone should have questions or need help or want to reach out to you, would you be available?
1: Yes, of course. Always. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I am very active on Instagram. So, so that's a, that's a good place to reach out to me.
0: So where can someone reach you? Should they want to reach you?
1: Instagram. My Instagram username is mindset mindset lifter.
0: One name, like one—that's one word together. Mindset lifter. Mindset lifter. I don't even know how we got connected on Instagram. I I'm fairly new to it, and um, I think the caption is what got me because that's the state of mind I'm in. I'm in the positive part, even though I have, you know, my struggles from day to day with uh, the missing of my daughter, which is always going to be. Um, and so, what you put out there too, I think, is great. So. If anyone's listening, you can find him on Instagram, and um, Richard would be willing to, to help you through the process. And, and I really feel that you know everyone should be helping everyone some way, somehow, um, and that's what you'll be doing. My last question I like to ask people is, what message would you like to leave our listeners based on either your experience or about life?
1: That's a, that's, a, that's a very, very good question. And I think that's something I've been really thinking a lot about as well. And uh, I think I want to leave with people and with, with everyone is that see, I guess, just, just really – I'm trying to think of – I have a lot of thoughts, but, but <laughs> I
0: think – You can uh, share.
1: What do you think? just just live i think just live you know we 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 think we think we have time absolutely we think we have time because you know i you never know what's gonna happen and then you just gotta you know it's not it's not like this you know this could be this this could be the last time we ever talk you know the, that, mm-hmm. that's a possibility right right I, i'm not but it is a possibility and mm-hmm. So, so going to each situation, knowing that it actually could be your last time, you know, having constantly have that reminder in the back of your head, you know, this could be your last time meeting this person. This could be your last time ordering a cup of coffee. And it just gives you so much more intention to your day.
0: I like that word intention.
1: Instead of, you know, how unconscious we are going through days, you know, most of us are quite unconscious on us, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee. We're thinking about what am I going to do next? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I got to go to this thing. I got go to go do this thing. Just really be present in the moment. Absolutely. Really. When you're sipping water, sip on the water, taste the water. You know, this could be the last time you're sipping that cup of water. Mm-hmm. You know, just really be, be present in, in everything that you do and every breath that you take. Because mm-hmm. it could be a loss.
0: And that goes with how you um, come in contact with people, too. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's how I treat people, whether it's a total stranger like you and I are. Um, I feel I've gotten to know you just in this short 25 minutes, and it will be a story that will always carry through in my life when I come across someone that I probably share their story or the fact that someone may have lost a loved one due to methamphetamines because we know that. You know, there's a gentleman that I have been following for a couple of years on YouTube. He's also on Instagram. I actually physically got to meet him last year. Um, Evan Carmichael, um, with oh,
1: I, I know him. I've heard of
0: him. Yes, yes. He actually lives there in Canada, and I follow him, and I met him, and I told him what I was doing when I got to meet him. He's like, I I definitely see, you know, what you're doing is good. And yesterday I was listening to something that he had said, and I think it was actually recited from another person, but the one thing that it really hit me hard, and I was like, okay, I live my life the way that I do, you know, every day, my time, my terms. But it put a different perspective when he said... Um, And I think it's a singer that uses it in some lyrics of his song. Tomorrow does not exist. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. In our mind, we think we have tomorrow, like you said. But tomorrow really doesn't exist. So be in the moment today and don't take it for granted. Exactly. And that hit me. I guess, you know, it's this. We hear all these cliches. But that one, the way it was phrased, I was like, that's right. We think there is tomorrow, but tomorrow doesn't exist. You know, so, Absolutely. and uh, there are people who didn't get to wake up to see today. And there are people who will probably not make it through the entire day today. We don't know. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the reality. And then you've got what we're all going through with this pandemic. And it's not just one country. It's, it's worldwide. And it's one of those reset in your life about how you're living it. And are you really... Enjoying it and making the difference and doing what you're wanting to do, and um, the one thing that really makes me upset and frustrating is that it's a division and it really should be more of us coming together than dividing us based on this. So, definitely Absolutely. living, yeah, definitely living in the moment and appreciating everything you have because, like you just said, this might be the last conversation. Um, you or I have or other people that are listening will have with the people that they think they're going to see from today to tomorrow or whatever our plans are yeah so thank you Richard yes yes Um, I very much enjoyed hearing this um, journey of yours so thank you again for sharing your story with my guests to help to heal to inspire and to give hope thank you Yes, and to my listeners, I thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you are notified about the next great story because as I see this, these just keep getting better and better. And if you'd like to share your story or know someone who wants to share their story, they may also share it being anonymous because I feel everyone's story, even if there's not a name attached to it, it's still a story that can help and, and of course, heal in some cases. So you can email me to the address of Christine, spelled with the CH, at storiesofhope.com and stories with a Y. And if you want to be an episode sponsor, feel free to also email me to Christine at storiesofhope.com. And until next time, I wish you all well and you take care.